Welcome to From the Booth, the podcast sponsored by BYU International Cinema, where we talk about the films playing at International Cinema. I'm Chip Oscarson, co-director of International Cinema. Joining me today, I have IC Assistant Director Marilor Oscarson. Hi, Marilor. Hello, Chip. Mark Yamada, who's the other regular contributor, is out of town in Berlin, uh, attending the Berlin Film Festival, looking for good material for IC, so we'll excuse him this week. Uh, today on the episode, we're going to be previewing the films that will be coming up from the 4th to the 7th of March. Three of these films are thematically linked as part of our Upstairs Downstairs series, and these films include Hard Labor, a Brazilian film about work and the decaying social fabric of the 21st century by Marco Dutra and Juliano Rojas from 2011. Then we have The Chambermaid, which is looking at the oft-times invisible work of a young maid. This woman works in a luxurious Mexico City hotel. It's directed by Lila Aviles from 2018. And then we have Parasite, the Academy Award-winning best film from 2019. It's the first-ever non-English language film to win the award. This is directed by Bong Joo-ho from 2019. And then lastly, we have the documentary Maiden from 2018. This is directed by Alex Holmes about the first all-women crew to compete in the white bread round-the-world race in 1989. As we were previewing these films, we promise no spoilers, and especially when we talk about things like Parasite, where that's imperative. Uh, but we will talk about some things for you to watch for. After the films are done playing at IC and you've had a chance to see them, we'll follow up with an episode in which we go into greater depth and discuss the films. So, Marino, should we start with Hard Labor? What's interesting about this film and what kinds of things should we be looking for? All right, so hard labor is metaphor heavy, as our students will see right away. It's a bit of a melange of genres of such. So there is the horror supernatural aspect of it. It's quite subtle, but look what the horror is saying about society and the decay of society. I mean, you'll see some dark stains and a terrible smell. It's a store, basically, that, I mean, the story is not about the store as such, but um, it's a young woman who is uh, deciding to go back to the workforce, and she buys this decrepit grocery store that she's going to put back on on the street and working with lots of items and people working and everything. She's super excited. And she encounters a, a lot of, of issues. And some of those is is in the walls of the store. So that's like the horror aspect of it. The the three main characters is so Elena, the grocery store uh, buyer and owner, her husband Otavio, who loses his job. And there, there will be a lot of questions about his masculinity. There's a different a crisis of male identity there so look for those things that come at play in the relationship and then there is Paola an underpaid and undocumented nanny servant in the house and see how all these things are at play the relationships between those three main characters and look for what it says about society and and the economy Right. I think it's interesting. So he loses his job. I'm not giving away too much to say no. this, right? And it's not so easy to just rejoin the workforce when the kinds of skills that are required are quickly moving by you, right? Yeah, and this so. is something that I think a lot of people feel this kind of pain. I think what makes this interesting as well is the dynamic that not only is it the employment woe, so to speak, of this couple, but it involves, too, how they employ in turn Absolutely, you know, yes. other people. Mm-hmm. So. so a changing society and and changing and the, the, all the changes that are happening in, in the main characters as well. Right. Well, then let's shift and talk a little bit about Chambermaid, uh, another drama about work in a lot of ways. This is a debut film by the director, Lila Aviles, and it's pretty impressive, I think. I really enjoyed this film. It's a slow film. 
it's definitely showing us what the life of a maid is in this luxurious hotel. The first scene you will see, it's dark, and then she's right there. She turns on the light, so you see the room behind her, but what do you really see is her face. And so this is very meaningful to me of what the film is all about. This is going to tell you the story of Eve, this young maid, she's 24 years old, and it's it's pretty fascinating. Um, look for how the clients treat her, for instance. She has few encounters with the people staying in the rooms, and it's very fascinating how she treats them and how they treat her. So there is a real social message there. An interesting aspect about this film is that it was inspired by the work of French um, artist Sophie Calais. And in 1980, she did Suite Vénitienne, where she documented like this life in the hotel, but without the people there. So she photographed their things. It was it was definitely a voyeurism project, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah, can... Yeah, what can you tell about people by the way by they their treat their room, the things they yes. leave in their room? And, and so there's a lot of this in, in this film. Her eyes on what people do, on what people own, and how they live their lives. This hotel for her is definitely a, a prison. Right. I mean, it's interesting that you never leave the hotel, right? That the, the film constrains itself there, which does create that that sense of a prison. Mm. But as well, you don't get into uh, Ava's interiority either, right? That you see what's going on on the outside, but you don't get a lot of, of insight to, to what's actually going on inside of her. It's not spoken as such. Yeah. She's not telling you what's right. going on, but you can you can read a lot of, of her life into her actions yeah. and into what she hears. I think the comment about the people who stay in the hotel, the things that they go visit, the things that they do, the things that they occupy their time with is a comment on what she can't do. Right. Because of her class or where she is in, in society. Right. I think it's interesting, too, to think about the, the hotel as a as a legible form in and of itself, that there's a hierarchy, that there's a structure, right, that becomes legible to us that says a lot, like you're saying, it kind of stands in for the kind of dynamics and power dynamics and social dynamics at play in society more general, right? Who is visible? Who is supposed to be invisible, right? I mean, the whole idea of a, of a chambermaid is that they're not supposed to be seen, right? That yeah. they're, and where, where she can go invisible. and where she's not supposed to go. Yeah. What she can see or what she's not supposed to see. And she sees a lot of things. Yeah. The, it's interesting. This has been compared in, I think, interesting ways to Roma, the the film by Cuaron that came out last year that likewise focuses on domestic help. There, it's a little bit different, however, in that you see, you know, the life of um, of this person outside of the workplace. Here, you don't, right? No, that you it's don't. Much more confined. To no, them. and and it's not like Eve has a relationship um, with the people she works with or for. That is intimate and personal, but in right. Roma you can see a great involvement, a personal involvement of of the servant with with the family that she cares for. Right. Well, the third film in the series this week is Parasite, right? And people have probably heard already quite a bit about Parasite. I will be careful here to be very circumspect with the plot details because the, it's the unfolding of the plot that's part of the, the real pleasure, I think, with this particular film. The basic dynamic is that you have a family that's very poor, that kind of 
has to really scrape to, you know, to get by, suddenly finds themselves in a situation where one by one they're able to to come in the employ of a very wealthy family, right? So you get this really stark uh, divide, and the wealthy family doesn't understand that they're all related. And this is the you know, this forms the kind of the basis for this upstairs downstairs kind of drama that really highlights wealth and income inequality and some of the really pervasive impacts of of that kind of inequality. And as with Chambermaid, the kind of obliviousness too that people who who have things you know their attitudes towards people who don't that there's uh, there's a real cluelessness that you know that that comes in and the set of of this order of the world that they show as like this is okay and this is this is good this is what we want we want servants and we want to be the the rich one i mean it's just like it's obvious that they do not want to change their lifestyle and we can't we can't imagine the people who are serving them as other than people who serve in their house and yeah. are living to make their lives comfortable and seamless. Yeah. It's interesting the way that Bong works because it it plays kind of as a comedy for, I mean, a very dark comedy. Dark comedy, um, yes. For, for much of it. But one of the things that I think Bong is wanting to, to get at with this drama is precisely that there's a um, that there's a real cost. There's a human cost to the system, and and that this is what you know be, is revealed. I think over the the course of the film. Well, so some of the things that I think that you can watch for in this film is one, think about what it's saying about class. And I think in this uh, regard, you can think a little bit about how it connects to a film we showed last semester, Shoplifters, a Cordieta film from Japan. I think it's getting at a similar kind of dynamic, although in, in very different you know, kinds of ways. Look for the great ensemble acting. I think that this mm. is a really good example of, of how powerful that can be when you have you know, a whole group of actors who are, who are carrying the show. It doesn't yeah. kind of fall on, on any one person. It's a mixture of, of comedy and drama and maybe even horror a little bit. <laughs> so this is, uh, he, he's interested in mixing genres here. And I think that that mixing of genres uh, helps to refocus our attention a little bit. Just when we feel like we're settling into something and we understand something, Bong shifts gears on us in some pretty dramatic ways and not for the faint of heart, maybe we can say, as a kind of a warning for (laughs) for our viewers. I guess, and the last thing I would suggest uh, thinking a little bit about as you're watching this film is this debate about foreign language in film. This is the first non-English language to to have been given the Academy Award. I I certainly didn't see this coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, certainly it was nominated, but I was very surprised by it just because it's out of step with the way the Academy tends to to vote, tends to uh, favor its own, (laughs) among other things. But it's kind of reawakened what's the best way to engage foreign film, right? Bong, when he accepted the Golden Globe, you know, famously made this comment about needing to get over the one-inch barrier at the bottom of the screen, right? And uh, it seems, at least for the moment, that the Academy's been willing to go there. Okay, lastly, we have the documentary for the week, Maiden. What can you tell us about it, Marita? Interesting things. This is like a sit-on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of documentary just because of, of the topic and because it's about sailing. If you're excited about sailing, you really feel like you're on a boat watching this documentary. There's a lot of archival footage, beautiful footage, and as well, you you hear the crew talking about their experience and reflecting on the race. So this around-the-world race that happened in 1989, 1990, 
is a historical moment because it was the first all-women crew to race in an all-men-dominated yacht race around the world. So that is just just very exciting to root for these women who are doing something exceptional. Tracy Edwards, who arranged everything and who turned 27 during the race, she's really young, is a picture-perfect female rebel, in the word of some, some critics that I read. So the struggle at sea and on land, they are really facing strong sexism. And they are facing it with a lot of grace and a lot of sportsmanship. Very professional. Okay, well, thanks, Marie-Laure. Thank you for joining us today on From the Booth. Our podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU, supported by the BYU College of Humanities. The host and guests of this podcast are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here, as they don't necessarily represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. Thank you to Jojo Hagstrom-Pratt, our sound engineer, as well as the staff in the BYU Humanities Resource Center for their help and support. We hope you're excited about these upcoming films, and we hope, too, to see you at International Cinema in 250 The Kimball Tower. Thanks, Marina. Thanks.